This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Angel Rebo, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here, Mark. You know, I love every guest, but I love people who live in Texas. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I couldn't agree more. I think, don't, don't you think that we are so blessed to be living in Texas this moment in history? Mark, have you thought about it? Yeah, except for that winter storm we had a couple months ago, which is really bizarre. Uh, I hope totally. I wanted to leave that weather back up to uh, Rochester, New York, where I'm from. But I love Texas, and we have an inside joke. So, listener, I'll share this with you. If you live in Texas, <laughs> we call it the country of Texas, and we just let y'all come visit. So, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you lived? I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I lived here for 10 years. Okay. Very cool. I've been here since 97. It just took me a while to get here, but I wised up and came here. A um, lot of land for a lot of people down here. So before we get started, uh, Angel, let's put you in the context for the listener. Who are you and what do you do? Thank you. Well, uh, I'm originally from Barcelona in Spain, close to Barcelona in Spain. I've lived in eight different countries. And basically, when people think about me, they think as a the connector of the unconnected because of two things, you know, two things. Number one, I've lived an international career, an international life. Okay. So I've done business in more than 33 countries and I've worked with more than 1500 companies, helping them with different, you know, different things, different instances of basically related to their growth. And at the same time, I have been seeing a lot of poverty there. So um, that's why, you know, when five years ago, almost six years ago already, I I decided to leave corporate America. I, I, I actually, took action in two different ways. Number one, I wanted to have my own business consulting business, my business firm. And I started that doing basically what I know how to do the best, which is basically helping both corporate CEOs and accomplished entrepreneurs to bridge the gap globally for expansion and exposure as a way to accelerate the growth of their businesses. That's number one. And number two is basically act upon what I call, it's probably one of the epiphanies, most important epiphanies in my life, which is creating a nonprofit, which is called Wisdom for Kids. Because I have I had seen so much poverty throughout my life, all those 30 countries that I had visited to do business. Most of them, uh, or many of them are in Latin America. So I saw a lot of poverty. So I decided to take action and create Wisdom for Kids, which is a foundation, international foundation. And we help underprivileged kids in Latin America become entrepreneurs using their local resources. And if you ask me, how can I do what I do is basically because of my passion. And because I really love what I do, really love what I do. And I like to take imperfect action. <laughs> and that's, and that's, I would say that's something that has always helped me a lot in my life. I love that. And, and I, I want to actually do something weird. I want to start with the poverty angle because I don't think I've talked about this in that show before. We live okay. in the United States. We live in Texas, you and I. And, you know, when COVID hit, we, a lot of people lost their jobs and, you know, we were struggling to make ends meet. We go, oh, I'm so poor. No, that's not really poverty because most people had a house to live in or an apartment or clean water. So let's talk a little bit about this because I don't think a lot of people realize what true poverty is. I agree. I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I'm very often, actually, I remember when I, you know, when, when uh, this saying that goes, when you're starting to be criticized by your audience, it means that you're doing something right. <laughs> so I remember when we launched Wisdom for Kids uh, and, and people, and, and after we were had, we, we had a, a telethon or we had Les Brown and many other celebrities joining us, uh, like conversations with them, and blah, blah, blah. And someone said in one of the comments said, why don't you do this here instead of going to Latin America? Why don't you do this in the U.S.? And I said, why not? Exactly. Let's do it. <laughs> 
unfortunately, the, the, that conversation didn't go anywhere, so no traction and everything. But I just try to make sure that you know I focus our efforts and saying efforts, our main, meaning our you know our foundation efforts to where the where the most poverty is. But how does poverty look like? So number one, I mean, they have very limited access to information. Okay, that I would say that's the number one thing, and I can tell you stories like, for instance, we went to a community which is only thirty-five minutes away from Mexico City's airport. Mexico City's airport is one of the most, you know, active airports in Latin America. Okay, and obviously, you know, there's flights from everywhere in the world going to Mexico City. Mexico is a large country, one hundred and thirty million people. Okay, so can you imagine? that none of the kids of that community 35 minutes away from that airport had ever seen an airplane. Wow. Okay. So picture this. They might have seen it in the sky, like very far away, but they've never seen up close an airplane. So it only takes 30 minutes to go there, 35 minutes to go to the airport and see an airplane right there. Because, you know, as as any other airport, they have these, you know, places where you can look from, from, from the top. Right. So, that tells you a lot. That tells you, I mean, as we all know, we live in boxes, right? Everybody lives in their own box, right? <laughs> <laughs> but so with people in, in, in poverty, you realize that how can how is that possible? And then, you know, when you start interacting with them, obviously they immediately realize that your accent is, is different, right? So, and then they are, where are you from? So again, you know, they're not able to locate where are you from? Then I, I tell them, well, you know, I'm from there, but I live in there. Oh my God! And how did you come here? No, literally. Okay, so you you realize the ingenuity, right? The the naivety of 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 the kids, right? So they have very limited access to information, and and their let's say their their uh, what we would call maybe basic culture knowledge. They don't have it, but it's because they live in a box, and their box is really small, really really small, and really limited. Then. Let me tell you another story. You know, we, we go to these communities, we identify groups of kids, uh, and we talk to the business, to the community leaders, excuse me, and then we, de- we deploy, we, we deliver workshops with them, okay, to them. Um, and I remember one of the groups that we had, we were, were probably like five or six kids, and they were really young kids, like six years old, seven years old, which is our really our, like, uh, our uh, lower limit, you know, um, of, of age, as far as age goes. And and I remember that we finished, it was the last workshop of the day, and we finished that workshop, and, and there were a couple of kids that were not leaving. And I said, to the, I asked to the community, why, why are those kids not leaving? Well, probably today their parents had some issues in the in the fields that they are, you know, seeding or collecting something or, or harvesting something or whatever. So I, I have to stay here until they are being picked up and that can be any time between minutes to hours, you know? So um, to make the ends meet their parents or tutors, they have to do anything that they have to do to bring some food into their tables. And number three also, and what happens when the parents, maybe they cannot bring the kids to school. The kids stay at their own homes for the entire day by themselves. Okay, the entire day. And don't think that they have, obviously, their tablets and their, you know, TVs and everything. If they're, I mean, if they're, if they have power, okay, if they have electricity, you know, and, and they're blessed enough to, to so that someone has given them maybe a TV set, an old TV set, they might have some TV 
with very limited channel lineup, obviously. But imagine for a kid to spend an entire day if they're really lucky to do that. And also, I don't know if you've ever been there, but something that we do, we really, when we go to those communities, we really like interact a lot. And very often, I mean, the first thing they ask us every time we go to those places is how much is it going to be? I said, what do you mean? How much money do we have to pay? You say, no, 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 we do this for free. Oh, really? So then, you know, so then they say, when we when when you come right because we do this through local local volunteers or over the phone, um, when you come, we, you know we, we we will show you our appreciation. So very often they invite us to their own homes, right? And we get to be having breakfast, lunch, or dinner at the homes of the of these kids, right? Because their parents invited us to be there, and you know it's like. Smoke all over the place, right? Because there's no way to take the smoke out of their houses, right? There's dirt on the floor. Don't look, don't look for tiles, okay? Don't look for wood, okay? And, uh, and you know, they, they, they cook in a very basic, the most basic stove that you can think of with the most basic pan you can think of. But they still, they're doing it with so much love and so much care and to just to give you everything that they have, uh, that, wow, you know, so this is what poverty looks like. Or let me tell you another example. I mean, let me tell you that when you go to underprivileged communities, there's never, you never stop being surprised, okay? Because we come with, still, we come with a set of eyes of a Western culture, right? So we went to a, a one community, they said, we're going to prepare a coffee for you. Okay. Oh, right. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. In the morning, right? It was really early, 7, 7, 7.30. Okay. So the way they prepared, they prepared it was they brought this big, massive pot, like big, massive aluminum pot. And then they, they, they put some water there, like they filled it up to the, to the, to the mid, like a massive pot. Hey there, it's Mark, and I want to invite you to become a Mark Struchowski Insider and get the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely free. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. And they threw um, um, coffee, like literally like ground coffee. They put it in the massive, in the in this massive pot, and then they threw like what, like two or three packages of sugar. Right. And that was a party. I mean, for them, it was like, we're really organizing a big party for these guys that came here to teach entrepreneurship to our children. Right. And they actually, literally, they took one of those stems from one of the plants around them and they used it to, to steer wow. the pot, you know. And obviously, that coffee was extremely uh, sweet, but, you know, sugar for them, sugar itself was like, having a party with someone. So they wanted us to really feel like welcome and everything. And the most simple things that we can think of in there take a different proportion. They have a different, they, everything is different. Everything is different. And obviously, I mean, we, I mean, I could go on and on. I just want to interject here. I once heard a story of a missionary uh, went to, I don't know, it was some poor nation and the kids were playing soccer. Well, they call it football over there. And they had made their own soccer ball. They had taken like trash they found and tape and rounded up. And the missionaries brought a real live soccer ball. And the kids, I mean, here in America, were like, yeah, it's soccer ball. Who cares? But over there, they're like, 
wow, they were, they were so amazed to like, and they play with it for hours and hours and hours because when you have nothing and someone gives you a gift, you are so thankful for that gift. But they, these kids, they made their own soccer ball and they made their own goals. And because they said, look it, we're going to use what we have over here in the, in first world nations. If the power goes out, the internet goes out, we can't get cell reception. We're complaining. These people are making their own soccer balls out of junk. It's so funny that you mentioned this because it's actually, we, we take personally a lot of stuff to those communities. When we go, it's like, you know, it's like the wise man with Jesus, you know, kind of experience. So we, we take actually ball, you know, uh, basketballs and, and soccer balls because in Latin America, soccer is, is the big thing, right? And, but it's funny because, I mean, you just, it's, 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 you touch my heart because I remember a community in which they asked me, Hey, we want to play with you. Right. And I had played soccer a long time ago uh, when I was younger and it was in Spain. But I actually was a goalkeeper and we played this, like a, a small championship. There were two teams and we were and it was one of the most was one of the nicest experiences we ever had because, you know, playing a game with all of them, besides all the all the weird stuff that we do on, on the on the workshops that we give to we deliver to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that brings, again, interaction, playing a, a team sport. Is, is, is something else. And, 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 you know, it was good. And we did penalty kicks at the end because we, we were, we had a draw. So we had to, you know, and then everybody was super excited and they were already thinking, okay, so what's going to be the next game and <laughs> when is it going to be? And against who? Wow. And these kind of things. Yeah. And they probably didn't have shoes. They're probably playing in their bare feet. Yeah. I mean, in this particular community, they, they did, they, they had shoes on, but, you know, those shoes are like, yeah. I mean, they're not like the shoes that, you would expect from what, what the kids here in, in, in our country. Yeah. Here we we take US, so much definitely. for granted. And, and, and I'm talking yeah. to you, I know I really, I, this is not where I wanted to go with this conversation, but like I said earlier, we never talk about poverty and I want to bring awareness yeah. to this because there is so much, there's 8 billion people, 8 billion people don't have internet, 8 billion people don't have clean water. Okay. So I want to bring awareness to this. Now, what can we do? Let's say someone's listening to this show and they're moved. They're like, man, I have so much. I am so blessed. What is something that they can do to help people who are really in dire need? Yeah, thank you. Well, I mean, obviously, they would like to support us. Uh, I mean, we would really appreciate it. It's very easy to do it. You go to wisdomforkids.today, wisdomforkids.today, and you can collaborate in two ways. You can become, a, obviously, a donor, and we would appreciate it, all the money that you have as donations, you know, we use it for, for the kids. We take with us not only balls, you know, to play sports, but we also take a lot of books. We have had authors literally give us hundreds of books. Wow. And, it's, and and we have had actually a, a, um, a partnership with a, with an Amer- Latin American uh, airline to be able to take those books because the books weighed a lot. And so we've taken hundreds and hundreds of br- brand new books in English. They're... Also, the Latino community here in Dallas has helped us. Uh, there's a school that has helped us a lot and has helped us to take, you know, already used books. But again, these kids will never have a will never have a, a book in English. And I, I have actually I have a very nice recording of a of me reading the book in English. Excuse me, in Spanish and translating it into English or the other way around. So basically reading in English and then translating it into Spanish wow. to three kids outside, outside a, a specific, you know, a compound what I was in Latin America. And it's one of the nicest videos there because again, the kids are willing to learn Mark kids are sponges. Kids really want to learn as much as you can give them. 
they will absorb and they will learn. So if you could, you could come to our website and, you know, you, it's going to be very easy for you to figure out how to do it. And if you have your own things and you go, your own idea, I would, I would really suggest you start spending a few hours a week just doing something for your community or just planning on something that you would like to do. If you have an idea of this wonderful idea about a nonprofit or even if you would like to, to partner with us, you know, we have had, we have had, you know, organizations of doctors, you know, the, the charities, doctor charities that, you know, partnering up with us and, and holistic practitioners partnering up with us because they know that when we go to those communities, there's so much more that can be done. You know, that's why I said, you know, it's like the wise man getting to to visit Jesus, right? Because we, we bring so much joy and we bring so, so many things to those communities and, and we wish we could bring more, you know, and, and uh, yeah, but, you know, but obviously we we are so blessed of, of being able to do this, Mark. Now, when you go to these places, uh, the kids yeah. must be really happy, right? They they don't know that they're yeah. poor because they don't know the wealth exactly. that the countries have, right? Exactly, exactly. The only thing that we really, I mean, obviously, I mean, we become used to see poverty, right? We, we become used to see poverty. Um, but at the same time, maybe the things that we are most, that hurts us more, the most, that we really are in pain about is when we see medical conditions and, and mental health conditions, which are not being taken care of, you know, because you see a kid with problems in their eyes, for instance, and it's very, it's very obvious, right? It's, it's visible. You see it when you just see the face of this kid and that could be fixed like this. If, 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 if that kid just had the access to the doctor uh, and maybe got through a surgery, basic surgery, you know, or and with mental health is the same thing. You know, you see this, like there's a table sometimes where the kids that have certain conditions are all together, right? And in America, we integrate special education kids to all of our, you know, our classes, right? But it's not, it's not there. It's not the case. Uh, so again, um, and I'm, I'm not talking about bill, bullying because that's something else. But just seeing that those medical conditions and health, health, mental health conditions are not being taken care of. That breaks our hearts because that could be so easy to be solved, you know, so easy, so easy because we know, you know, when you know, you know the solution, but you cannot do anything about it. You know that there's a solution that exists, but you cannot do anything about it, you know. Yeah, because even if you're in America and you're poor, you can still go to the emergency room because in the United States, they can't turn you away to make make sure you're stable. You can go to the library. You can go to McDonald's. They don't have these stuff. If they get sick. Use the family, the village will try to, you know, make the person well. They can't go down to the road or call an ambulance. There's, there is no 911. And, and that's why I wanted to talk to, talk to you about this because people need to realize, I don't know what the percentage of how many people are poor. Do you know how many people are poor? Well, I can tell you a number. You, you will not like the number, but you were talking about millions before. So there's in, in Latin America, picture this. In Latin America, there's around in 2012, in 2012, there, there were around 170 million kids in Latin America. Wow. Okay. Uh, in total. In oh, total. Okay. That's, that's all, all the kids, 170 million. 81 million, 81 million live in poverty. Wow. And that's data from 2012. So imagine now with everything that has happened in the world and people losing jobs and, and activity, economic activity stopping and everything, you know, who's taking care of them? You know, and that's one of the things right now. We really feel down, really, because we don't know what's going on, and because there's there's many communities where we don't know really 
I mean, our volunteers are reporting to us that they haven't seen the kids for a year. Oh, man. So imagine stopping all the activities for a year. I mean, now with even 14 months in some places, right? So there's 81 million kids in Latin America, 2012. Right now, probably is above 90. I would, I would honestly, I mean, knowing, knowing everything that I know about Latin America, I wouldn't be surprised. And of these 81 million, again, this is data from 2012, and the source is UNICEF, so it's a trustworthy source. 22 million of them didn't have water. Man. Drinking water. And you were asking me before how to how, how can I picture what's what's a poor household? No drinking water. Twenty-two million. Twenty-two million. Look for a you know, look for a state. I forgot how many millions of Texans we are, but look for a state in the union that has twenty-two million. Imagine that they have no drinking water. Nothing, nothing, nothing. They cannot wash their hands, they cannot brush their teeth. They cannot drink water. They have to go and collect it, pick it up every single day from somewhere. Or they have to build some sort of, you know, small container at home so that they can keep it, right? So imagine, so 22 million, right? So um, again, I'm sure that the data, the data, I mean, the data now is, it will be more compelling than this for sure, you know, but, and again, I mean, we don't even know that we have leaks at home and, and we pay ridiculous amounts of, I mean, I'm still surprised myself when I get the, from the city of Plano here, when I get my water bill uh, and, and, and I really so many th- thousands of gallons. Yeah. No, honestly, I, I, I recently installed a, a, a water leak d- device and I get, I get, you know, notifications, alarms when, when the water is leaking and very often there's leaks and we don't know there's leaks. Wow. You know what I mean? So we don't know. We've lived here for 10 years. We don't know really literally how many thousands and thousands and thousands of gallons we've just lost, thrown away, knowing that there's millions and millions and millions of kids that don't have access to drinking water. You know, it's, 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 it's crazy stuff. So that's, that's I mean, and, and again, it's not like painting a reality to make people feel bad. No, it's just, it's just what it is, yeah. you know. And, and we, it's, it's funny because, you know, the other two co-founders and myself, we all are, come from the business world and we were in touch with very high level, you know, businessmen. But next to the business, it's funny how manufacturing plants of these super successful multinational companies are typically in the outskirts of the cities. And guess what? What is also in the outskirts of big cities uh, in Latin America? Poor people. Poverty. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Isn't it, isn't it crazy? So... That's why, you know, it's the same story as I told you before, 35 minutes away from one of the most active uh, airports in, the, in, in Latin America or probably in the Americas, kids have never seen an airplane wow. up, up close. They've never been taken to that place, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it, and, and uh, you know, uh, I wish all parents were sensitive enough as to take the kids to see this mm. when they are young. So they would realize, they would realize these kids and their parents, they would make their kids realize what life is about in in too many places, unfortunately, in the world today. Hey, I now have an affiliate program where you can earn up to 30% commission just for referring people to my paid program. To find out more, go to MrProductivity.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and click the link. Well, here's my here's my challenge for the listener. Next time you go get a drink of water, 
I want you to stop a th- second and think about how there's over 90 million people just in Latin America. We're not talking to you know, India and China who don't have clean drinking water. You're drinking that clean drinking water. I want you to stop just for a couple seconds and just think how blessed you are because a lot of people in this country are comparing their wealth to Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk. But in, in, when you compare us to Latin America, you are so wealthy. Even if you're living on welfare, you are so much wealthier than they are. So I want you to think about how blessed you truly are for where you are. So Angel, thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, we spent the whole time talking about poverty. We need to bring awareness to it. We never talked about in the show before. Oh, absolutely. So what I want to do now is I want to give you an opportunity to ask me one or two questions, make you the temporary host of the Mark Stachewski podcast. So, sir, I hand you the microphone. Okay, good. So I'm going to ask you one of the questions that I was asked the other day, and it was really surprising, and I loved it. So I'm going to ask you this question because I would like to get to know you better. And the question is, uh, if you were to have a dinner and you would you could invite three different people, whoever, to your dinner table, who would be those three people that you would invite? Alive or dead? It doesn't matter. Okay. Well, everyone's going to say Jesus, but I wouldn't say Jesus because, you know, I've read his book. Great book, by the way. I would want to, I'd want to sit down with David, King David, and ask him, you know, or King David and King Solomon, because they had the, the most wealthiest people in the in the country. And, and I'd like to know, David, what were you thinking about when you went up on the, the roof and you looked down at Bathsheba? I mean, come on. What were you thinking? So definitely them. I'd also want to sit down and talk to Napoleon Hill who wrote Think and Grow Rich, because he was tasked by Andrew Carnegie to do research for 20 years. He didn't have the internet. So we had to go to all these people and interview them about how to become successful. And the third person, I would probably want to talk to Elon Musk. And I say Elon Musk because he was he's from South Africa. And now he's one of the richest men in the world. And he built this electric, you know, the Tesla and he's got the solar panel thing. He's going to go to Mars. I mean, I'd like to know, you know, I'd love to have him on my show, but I don't think of a prayer of that, that ever happening. I'd like to know what makes him tick because this guy is a brilliant. So though I'd say, I know I gave you four, but I kind of blended uh, King David and King Solomon together. No, that's good. That's good. Thank you. No, I, I, <laughs> I like your question. And the second thing, uh, what do you think? Why do you think that, um, you are doing what you're doing today. Why do you think that's the case? Excellent question, by the way. I feel I'm called to do this. I'm 55 years young, and I was fired from my job in July 2005, and I, I asked God, what, what am I supposed to do? And so I stumbled and bumbled, and I came across to being a productivity coach. I love helping people getting unstuck. I love when someone comes to me and they're so overwhelmed, they're so frustrated, they're paralyzed because of all the stuff they have to do. And they kind of untangle. You ever get like, you're wearing a pair of ear pods like I am and they get, you know, if you don't take care of them right, they get all tangled up and you got to sit there and untangle them. I love when I untangle people when they come to my life. So I feel I'm put, put here to get people's lives untangled so that they can go better and serve their families and their communities. Wow. Okay, and the third question, if I may, yes. is, okay, so imagine that, you know, you get this super mega nice contract with someone, and, and you know, I'm going to put it this way instead of telling you that you won the Powerball tonight, okay? <laughs> so imagine that you didn't, have, you didn't have to work any longer. If you didn't have to work any longer, if you could just delegate everything that you do in your business to your team, and they could take care of it 100%. 
what would you do with your life immediately after? Well, believe it or not, I love what I do so much. I would still do my live training. I would still have coaching clients because I really enjoy doing that. But something I love to do that I don't get enough time to do, being an entrepreneur I am, is read. I mean, I try to okay. read an hour a day. I've got so many books I want to read. A lot of my guests send me their books. And I would just like to be able to read for several hours a day because there's. Nice. I think the books are the best investment you can make because you spend 15 to 25 hours for a book and you get so much information. If that author sat down and read you that book to you, they probably cost you $10,000. And so I just encourage people, if you want to know how to become successful, read. A lot. Yeah. And when I look at the most successful people in the world, they're avid readers for a reason. So three yeah. great questions to you, Angel. My final question for you is where can we go to find out more about you? I mean, you did give us wisdom for kids today. Is there someplace else we can go to find out what, what you're doing in the world? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. The easiest way, the easiest way for to reach out to me, uh, and I have a team also that supports me in order to answer all the emails. So don't worry about sending me emails. I will be glad to get it. It's uh, it's very easy. My email address is angel at, uh, at angelrebo.com. Rebo is my last name. It's uh, spelled R-I-B as in boy O. So angel at angelrebo.com. I'm very, very active on, on online. I post every single day on every single platform. Uh, so and mostly on LinkedIn and very, very active on LinkedIn because that's where my clients are and where my client, the clients of my clients are. So, uh, you know, Thank you very much, everybody. You know, as you as you can imagine, I'm a, I am a very laid back kind of guy. I don't like to hard sell to anybody. So anybody wanting to reach out to me and to know a little bit more of what I do, I will be glad to do it. And I wanted to say thank you very much, Mark, to you for the opportunity of being with you today and to the, our audience, obviously, thank you very much for listening to us. Well, I'm thankful you came on the show and we talked about, this is why I don't script the shows. We talked about poverty because I felt on my heart Based on what you Absolutely. talked about, wisdom for kids dot today, we need to make this aware. And so, I hope you didn't mind we talked Absolutely. about poverty today because I think it's something we need. to talk Oh about. no! Oh please! No no no! It's it's dear to my heart. I mean, you're preaching to the choir here. You know, I, I wish we could talk about poverty more often. You know, really, because we are too diverted. And you know, I, again, I'm. Sometimes people ask me what's what's the what's the number one piece of advice you would give the kids, right? Uh, any kid, actually, not only the ones in Latin America, is develop a critical thinking. Mm develop critical thinking. So whenever these big fishes that you want to interview, the Elon Musk and the Jeff Bezos that you would like to interview for your podcast, I think you're going to do it one of these days. Uh, when you talk to them, they always say the same thing. They read a lot of books and they, they, they ask their kids, they actually forbid cell phones and electronic devices to their kids. Imagine that. And they, so that, and that's a reality. So that's, I'm not making this up. So, so there's a reason why the people that know much more than you and I combined, right? Uh, there's a reason why they actually read so many books and they, that, that there's a reason why they actually uh, ask their kids not to not to have and they don't allow their kids to have electronic devices around them. So critical thinking, I think it's extremely important. And if this program has helped all of us to develop some additional critical thinking in our minds, it's 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 worth the time. And thank you again. Thank you, thank sir. You, Mark. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchewski Podcast. I really hope it served you well today. Now head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up to be a free Mark Stuchewski Insider. Get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. Absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.